0: Well, good morning. Greetings in Jesus' name. Good to see you all here this morning. Nice day. It's a privilege that we have that we can get together. Welcome to Arlens again. Haven't been here for a while. It's good to see you here. Why don't we have a word of prayer before we begin? Dear Lord, we come to you this morning, Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for that precious blood that washes away our sins, removes it as far as the east is from the west. We can be pure. We can be white as snow. Lord, I pray that you would help us to extend that love that you've shown to us, to the ones around us, the ones in our families, our community, our church, Lord, that the uh, light and love of Christ would be flowing through us, that we would be channels for you. Thank you for this opportunity that we have that we can gather and open your word and and be encouraged and and challenged to be more like you pray that your spirit would be here this morning and you would draw us to yourself bless the ones that aren't here father pray that you would be with them minister to them even now lord in jesus name amen well it's good to be back i feel like we've been gone for quite a while And uh, I feel a little bit out of touch, but uh, I do have a few thoughts that I'd like to share with you all this morning, which will kind of pertain to what I've experienced or what I've uh, probably been thinking about the last two weeks since we were gone. We left um, Saturday, or yesterday, two weeks ago, I guess, went on up to Wisconsin, and we're at... uh, Aaron Good's rece- rehearsal, or no, reception. And then we went on up to, well, we stayed there for, we had a cabin north north of their little ways, Green Bay. Stayed there for a couple of days, and we went on up to the Mackinac Bridge. That area, Mackinac Islands, that was very interesting. Then we went to uh, Dearborn, to the museum, Henry Ford Museum, on down to Burn Indiana. We were there last Sunday. Um... John Graber's daughter got married, so we were there for the wedding. So, um, I felt like, being as I'm on the rapid response team, that I was kind of shirking my duty. It seemed like I was gone the wrong week of the year, because there were so many things happening, but I felt kind of out of touch. Like, for a while, I thought I should maybe just come back, but that was kind of hard to do, because we had this trip planned. But, so that's where some of my thoughts... Came are coming from, and also uh, the uh, yeah, just being gone, being a couple different churches and stuff. So for the for two verses that I'd like to draw from would be in John chapter thirteen, verse thirty-four and thirty-five. And I'm not exactly sure what the service was like um, last Sunday, but I did get a chance to talk to a few. Uh, individuals that we, when I came back, then, or this past week, I was up in Cedar Rapids a bunch. So um, I hope it's not too much of a repeat. Last, I heard last Sunday you might have talked about some of that. So let's read verse 34 and 35. A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have loved one to another. I think in this day of ours, that is one of the brightest testimonies that we can give. Among the pearls of the days that we live in, I think nothing is almost more subtle than one that Jesus predicted in Matthew twenty-four verse twelve, and he says, "Because the iniquity." Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Don't we see that in our day, the love of many waxing cold? Or, if we don't see that, don't we see that iniquity seems to be abounding everywhere? And those two comments are tied together, and I think Jesus had a reason he did that. Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall shall wax cold. And I don't think that excludes us, I think we have to take extra care that we aren't affected by that because in the verse we just read that is one thing that people around us can see that we are his disciples is because the love that we have for each other like Christ loved us and he gives us this warning that when iniquity abounds the love of many are going to wax cold we get distracted we get discouraged we get our we get, we get uh, overwhelmed And um, this past week when I was up there, and I was on, I saw a lot of, you know, uh, coordination going on by, and volunteering on that Zion Brothers, and I just, it just encouraged me. It seemed like, even though I was very far removed and wasn't here, it seemed like there was a lot of, I was just blessed by all the volunteering I saw and the effort going into helping up there and laying aside of probably everybody had lots to do, and when I came back, there was, uh, there was this one person that we went and helped, this older lady, and she said, so we, we pulled into there, and it was kind of a long, big driveway in a big house, and my question was, how did this job get signed up? Why are we helping here? Because it seemed like she had everything, or this property owner had everything they might have needed, even though there was lots of cleaning up to do. And I was kind of smitten after that because this older lady came out and she just started crying and crying. She said that um, 25 years ago her husband committed suicide, seven years ago her daughter committed suicide, and she has two boys left that since then have turned against her and turned to alcohol. They they, They hate her, and she has no one to help clean up. And uh, it kind of smote me because I was, first of all, kind of thinking, what are we doing here? But you never know who is out there and the impact. And I believe that the love of Christ is something that will leave an indelible impression more than making sure we have our doctrines right and we witness to these people. That's good. But reaching a helping hand will leave more of an impression, I think, on those people than we than almost anything else. Christ's first concern is not regarding always you know, and I'm not regarding that we have everything exactly right with our doctrine, but that our doctrine is a channel for that living water to flow through us. Peter's doctrine was correct. He openly acknowledged. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Yet he denied Jesus three times because his love did not surmount his love for himself. How often does that happen for us? We can have everything just right, but do we tend to not extend a helping hand or extend our love uh, for each other because of our love for ourselves? Matthew 16 is where that happened. Another thing that I think, another thing I'd like to just bring up, maybe before we go too much further here, is uh, this whole thing with this time era that we're in with this whole coronavirus. And I was not going to bring that up again, but it kind of fits in here. seems like that's all people can talk about. But anyhow, um, I ran into a few people that said, or they have, they have. They say, if you wear a mask, you lost your salvation. I will go to jail before I will wear a mask. It is, the, it, and they have their Bible verses. Well, this here's what I would question: What if the time era that we're in now, with this whole stuff going on, is? the best of the new normal now i hope not but it behooves us or this here's what's this here's what challenged me as we're going through these new circumstances we need each other to balance ourselves out us out as we chart these new course and these new waters because what if from here it only gets worse And the normal that we know now is the best of the new normal because we don't know. I mean, depends what could happen in the future. Um, You know, it it could get a lot worse. And the Bible promises it will. And it's just, I just, with this whole, the love of the brotherhood, the love for each other, the love for that Christ showed to us, we need to extend to each other, even if it might kind of cross our own opinions about it. Um, Let's work together because... When we step out and, and go that far and, and are, it just doesn't seem like it's the spirit of Christ. And more division. And um, so I think you know with with these new time or with these new these new challenges that we have, let's make sure that we don't deny Christ because of our own. Opinions, maybe, or surmounting, but that we would work together and have the love for each other that we need to have. That's how we're going to get through. That's how we're, that's in the multitude of counsel, there's wisdom, and we need each other. Later, when the Lord commissioned Peter, he didn't ask him if he was doing everything right. You know what he asked him? He asked him three times Peter, lovest thou me? One can be so zealous, even in Corinthians we see that one can be so zealous that they may give their body to be burned, and yet if it's found without the love that Jesus showed to us, it profits him absolutely nothing. Even our knowledge is not the chief concern to Jesus, but to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ, is one thing, but to grow in knowledge alone is another. Knowledge increases one's responsibility. James chapter 3, but not his security unless it is harnessed to his will and directed by love. Love is a signal of discipleship. The Bible says, like I read there, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. It cannot be counterfeited. That is the test. That is a safe test. Is if it works in our families and if it works in our lives. Love is irrefutable evidence that convinces the world. It weighs more than tons of debates. We can debate and debate. On issues, But the love of Jesus, that true love that we can extend, that we have experienced. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have loved one for another. <clears throat> Since this love that Jesus talks about and it wants us to extend... To each other, it's no wonder that the enemy wants to seek to cool it and to push it away and to counterfeit it because it is the very expression of the true Christian. The expression wax cold literally means to make something cold by blowing on it. The abounding iniquity of these last days I believe is you could you could paraphrase it and say that it is the winds of Satan's tactic to cool our lo- uh, our love for Christ and for each other that is the the banner that is unmistakably the right one in verse 17 And verse sixteen and seventeen, verily of the same chapter that we were in, says, verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his lord, neither he that is, neither he that is sent greater than he that has sent sent him. If ye know these things, happy are ye if ye do them. Just the knowledge of these things isn't necessarily enough to carry us through. The Bible says, happy are ye if you do them. So if we want that fulfilling, that blessing of Jesus Christ on our life, let's not just say, I love my brother, but let's also do the things that go with that. What a tragedy on the grace of God and the testimony of his people to find a congregation that is torn apart as to leave nothing but splinters. Galatians says, Galatians 5.15, But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. God wants us to have the love that suffers long and is kind. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4. When our love has waxed cold, our work for the Lord begins to sag. And I know that is how it works in my life. When I begin to feel a lukewarmness coming about in my life, the, the, uh, the importance of God's work, the testimony for God, begins to take second place in my life, it seems like. Love is the essential service. It is the motivator that motivates us to... Uh, lay down ourselves, lay down our own life. <clears throat> when our love has begins to wax cold, our relationship to the Lord is affected. In fact, our relationship to him that governs all other relationships are affected. Love will keep us at our post, disregarding ourselves and living only to please our Lord. Blessed is that servant who is whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find him so doing, Matthew 24, 45, or 46. Another thing that happens when, or this is maybe kind of an example, or uh, um, kind of goes with when our love begins to wax cold. During World War I, gas attacks became very prominent. The dangerous thing was the gas was odorless, and therefore deadly. You couldn't see it coming, and you couldn't smell it. Its presence was undetectable. So what the men did, the men in the trenches devised that taking canaries with them. When these little birds were found drooping or dying, the soldiers knew that the gas was in the air, and they better get their masks on. So what is in my life, what for little signals do I have that begin to tell me my love for Christ is waxing cold? Could it be uh, droopiness in my personal relationship with the Lord, um, the fear of man for my testimony? Are these things in my life that could be a sign? Do we have them? I think, it, I think it's good that we recognize when these things begin to happen that uh, our love or the gas is taking over because that is what the devil wants to hide, our testimony of love one for another. Keeping, keep the melody of God's love ringing in our hearts. One thing that it does, one sign on the opposite side, the signs that the love is in our heart for the Lord, is God puts a song on our heart. He gives us peace that passes all understanding when things are unpeaceful. When the song begins to die, it could be a sign that our love is beginning to wax cold. Am I fretting instead of singing? The silence of that songbird could be a signal for alarm. The gas attack is on. The love of many is waxing cold. The deadly atmosphere of the last day is putting many people to sleep. Our response needs to be to lift up our shield <clears throat> and to put on our so called gas mask and fight because the enemy, I believe, in America, that is how he's putting Christians to sleep. In China, <clears throat> it may be different it may be by um persecution but in america i think it's the chilling winds of the satanic spirit trying to blow and cool our love for the lord and uh <clears throat> being up there in in cedar rapids and seeing some of these people hungry well, i'll i'll tell you this one story We were in this other development one time, um, one of the last times, cleaning up this place, and a neighbor lady came up, and we had a bunch of volunteers from up north, and she stood there, and she said, just the scene of this, and we weren't even cleaning up their house, their place, just the scene of this makes me, I have never seen something like this. And many of you that were up there might have experienced and seen and heard the same thing. Just the scene of this, nobody was witnessing to her. Nobody was sharing the good news with her, but she had never seen something like this, and it was more than she could contain. And I believe that is one of the most powerful ways that we can speak to the people around us. One of them. I mean, it's good to witness, and it's good to share the love of Christ. But something like that, the love of Christ coming from a group of people like that, Touches someone like something like nothing else can. How does that work for me daily? It's easy to go up there and and give up my time in a time like this. It's more of a challenge, maybe my daily walk and time and life. I don't think it has to be <clears throat> um I don't know that I have the answer. It may be something that you know somebody can share in a testimony or something. How can we have this same spirit flowing from our life to the people, the neighbors that we meet every day? You know, it's not it's going to have a different effect on them because they're in a different they aren't maybe in a time of need like that. But I still think that the spirit of Christ, the love that Christ had for us, that he is asking us to show to our neighbors, our brothers and sisters should be emanating from us. In closing, I'd like to turn to Mark 13. Mark chapter 13, verse 35 through 37. This, I believe, is a challenge for us all. And one thing we need to do in the days coming, and as I see the battle that we're in, it says. Uh, Verse 35 says, Watch ye therefore, for ye know not when the master of the house cometh, at even, or at midnight, or at the cock crowing, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. I think that's a challenge for us. Let's not fall asleep. Let's not let our love for Christ wax cold. Because the devil wants us to. He wants us to. He wants us to get us cumbered about with the distresses that we may be in, and uh, let's not. Let's just be vigilant in our brotherhood, in our uh, testimony for each other, in our pers- personal testimony. Let's not let the love of Christ wax cold. And it was just. It was just an encouragement to me to see um, you all pull in and help and volunteer that was very good and then also seeing in maybe a little different way being up there and seeing these people in their need and the difference we can make i mean so many people said we have never seen something like this that i ran into are you angels that fell out of the sky some of them said well we don't have wings so i guess not (laughs) lots of different comments and and where do you come from? And it was a prime opportunity just to tell them, we are, we are normal people. Jesus has helped us. And we want to help each other. And you happen to, you know, we want to help you. So let's keep encouraging each other and uh, not let the devil cool us off. May the Lord bless.